Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13. This is our fourth lesson on our Lord's parables. We've looked at the parables of the sower and the parable of the tares among the wheat, in addition to the introduction that we had uh, into our study on parables. So tonight, um, we're going to look at the remaining parables here in chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. As we remember about the parable of the sower and the tares among the wheat, we remember the messages from each, each of those two. The sower tells how the message goes out to all. But the response to the message is different, depending on the condition of the hearts of those who hear the message that's going out. In the tares among the wheat, we see a separation of the true disciples and those that only appear to be disciples. So those are the two main lessons that we, that we learn from each of those parables. Like I said, tonight we're going to consider the remaining parables, which there are five remaining parables here in Matthew chapter 13. These parables are smaller in length compared to the, the sower and the tares among the wheat, but by no means are they less powerful in the message that they bring. We'll divide these for the sake of our study tonight into three categories based on the similarity uh, of their message. We'll notice that each of these, when we look at each and when we read each, you'll notice that each one begins, the kingdom of heaven is like. So each one of these remaining five talk about the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about that in our introduction, about how most of the parables talk about the kingdom or the king or its citizens, the citizens of the kingdom. So these fall right in line with that. Before we look at these, though, let's rem remember a couple more things um, about our introduction and about what we talked about in the last couple. Let's remember when we're looking at these that we don't have the benefit of Jesus' full explanation of every detail in these, in these parables as we did with the first two, the sower and the, and the tares among the wheat. But we do have an explanation of the meaning of the dragnet, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But we don't have that, the benefit of that full explanation that Jesus gives. But we've had a primer course, if you will, a prerequisite in the study of the sower and the tares among the wheat. Jesus laid out the explanation detail by detail of those two. We are so blessed to have that recorded for us in the word. But we know because of what Jesus has taught and what we've talked about in, in studying these parables that we, not, we must look for that central spiritual meaning in each one of the parables. Look for the spiritual meaning amidst the earthly story. Jesus tells his disciples in Mark 4 and verse 13, he says, Do you not understand this parable? And how will you understand all the parables? So he's signaling to his disciples, I'm going to explain this to you, and you use this to 
interpret and understand the rest of the parables that I'm going to tell you. So we can take what we've learned from his explanations and apply that to the other parables as we're going forward and look for those central meanings and understand and, and look and understand what the other details might mean. And also remember that the, 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 the idea in the parables is to, is to find that central meaning and not get bogged down in the details and not try to find a connection with every little detail in the story. Remember, a parable means to cast alongside. It's a comparison. So we'll be looking for that central spiritual meaning. And let's also remember this. If you're there in chapter 13, read with me verses 34 and 35 from Matthew 13. It says, All these things Jesus spoke to the, multitude, the multitudes in parables, and he did not speak to them without a parable. So that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. Remember we talked about also the parables serve to conceal the truth from the unbelievers. And at the same time, it serves to reveal the truth to the true believers. So as Jesus is speaking in these parables, and explains to his disciples when they come to him, this is the meaning. We understand that he's speaking this way to weed out, so to speak, those unbelievers from the believers. So we start here. We're going to kind of take these in backwards order. We're going to look at the dragnet first, which is in verse 30, uh, 47 of Matthew chapter 13. So go with me to verse 47 of chapter 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven. There's our kingdom of heaven. Each one of these is going to start in that way. So just keep that in mind as we go through. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. Now this is, um, the next two verses here are, are unique to this in that Jesus is going to give us an explanation not for each and every detail in the, in the parable, but for the meaning. It says in verse 49, So it will be at the end of the age. The angels shall come forth and take out the wicked from the righteous and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The details here in, in the story of the dragnet are quite simple. And given where we live and the past occupation of some of our members here. We know what a dragnet is. Dragnet is cast into the sea and it's brought in, bringing in all kinds of fish. Keep that little detail in mind. All kinds of fish are being brought in by the dragnet. And then they sat down on the beach and it says that the good fish were collected in the containers, but the bad fish were thrown away. This is similar to the tares among the wheat. The parable teaches this separation from, of the wicked from the righteous. Look back up in verse 40, um, 41. This is when Jesus is explaining about the parable of the tares among the wheat. He says in verse 41, The Son of Man will send forth his angels and will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire in that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Now, weeping and gnashing of teeth should ring a bell with you. It's exactly what he said at the end here of the parable of the dragnet. There's a separation that takes place. Notice about these two, the, the tares among the wheat and the dragnet. There's good and bad in the kingdom. With the tares, it was the tares that come up and look like wheat while they're young. And with the dragnet, it's the all kinds of fish that are being brought in. But notice that there's a, an end to that. The end of the age. The good and the bad in the kingdom are there until the end of the age. Then comes God's judgment on all and the separation that follows. So the message is clear from this little parable here. Judgment is coming. So let's make sure that we are among the righteous. Let's make sure that we're among the wheat and not among the tares. Let's make sure that we're the good fish kind that are good for eating and not those bad fish, the kind that just get thrown back. And we don't want to wind up in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sounds like a horrible place. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's make sure we're among the righteous. Let's look at two more in the same category here, the, the hidden treasure and the costly pearl, verses 44 through 46. So let's read here about those two parables. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid, and from joy over it he goes out and sells all that he has to buy that field. Now here's the parable of the costly pearl. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Two little parables right here, back to back. With the hidden treasure, again, it's a simple story. A man finds a treasure hidden in a field. So what does he do? He liquidates all his possessions. That liquidates a fancy word there. He sells all his possessions. And what does he do with the money from that? He goes out and buys that field. He buys that field where he found that hidden treasure. Look at the costly pearl. Very similar story. A couple of differences we'll talk about here in a minute. There's a merchant who's out seeking fine pearls. And he finds one. He finds one of great value. So what does he do? Well, like the man who found the hidden treasure, he liquidates all his assets. He sells all that he has so that he can buy that pearl. So what these two parables have in common, and the lesson of these two parables, is the tremendous value of the kingdom. Each one of these recognized the preciousness of what they had found. The man find, found the treasure hidden in the field. The merchant is out seeking a fine pearl. And when they find those things, they realize how precious it is. And they're willing to do anything to get those things, to 
have those things. They're willing to sell everything they own in order to have it. Brethren, such is the kingdom of heaven. That's why Jesus begins these, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is precious. The kingdom of heaven is valuable. The kingdom of heaven is so precious we should be willing to give up everything that we have in order to have it. Is that something to think about? Are you willing to give up all that you have in order to gain the kingdom of heaven? These two in these, in these two parables were willing to sell all that they had to get those things that they had found. Now, there's a small distinction in the, these two. And that is that the merchant was seeking the fine pearl while the man seems to have stumbled upon the treasure in the, head, in the hidden in the field. But notice that each one of them they understood the value of what they had found. Some today are seeking the kingdom of God. Some are seeking the kingdom of God. There are people out there who are seeking to know the truth. And there are some that might just stumble upon it. Isn't that something to think about? The difference in these two. The lesson for us today is to be ready for those who are seeking, for those who come through those doors, for those who come into our lives that might be seeking to know the truth. It's like that merchant who was seeking the fine pearl. And hopefully when they find it, they'll understand the value and the preciousness of what they have found. And we can do what we can to be a, if you'll pardon the expression, a good kind of stumbling block. If we think about this man who happened to find something in a field, and then he hid that, and then he went and sold all of his possessions so that he'd come back and buy that field. He stumbled upon something, and he found something of great value and was willing to sell all that he had. Maybe somebody might stumble into our lives. May not necessarily be seeking the kingdom of God. But they might stumble into our lives, and they might see something it makes them wonder about the life that we live as a Christian. They might want to know more about it. They might stumble upon it and realize what a precious and wonderful thing the kingdom of heaven is. We need to be ready for that, too. We need to be that good kind of stumbling block. Someone might stumble over us, so to speak, and find that precious kingdom of heaven. The last two parables in here, in this section of Matthew 13, are the mustard seed and the leaven. Back in verse 31, let's read about the mustard seed. It says, he presented another parable to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all the other seeds, but when it was full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air may nest in its branches. And then the parable of the leaven in verse 33. He spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, 
which a woman took and hid in three pecks of meal until it was all leavened. Similarities in these two that we can see. First with the mustard seed, the details here. The man sows mustard seed in his field. What does Jesus say about the mustard seed? He says it's smaller than all the other seeds. But when the mustard plant grows up, it's larger than all the other garden plants. Isn't that something to think about? From the smallest seed comes the largest plant in the garden. In fact, it becomes a tree. It says where the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. From such a tiny beginning, this mustard seed grows into a tree. With the leaven, a woman takes leaven and hides it in three pecks of meal. Now we talk about leaven a lot, and I think we understand what it is, but it's that um, small per portion of fermented dough that you place into a, another lump of dough, and that ferments and gives rise to that bread. Today we'd use yeast to do, that, to do that. But that's what leaven does. So she hides that little bit of leaven in those three pecks of meal until all the meal was leavened. The lesson from these two parables is that the kingdom begins in small ways but grows to become beneficial to many. With the mustard seed, from a small seed comes a tree, which provides a place for the birds to nest. And with the leaven, a small portion is used to leaven all the bread. The kingdom will have humble beginnings, but will experience complete and great growth until it is available for all men. We can use this to understand that we are given a tiny seed. We are given that little bit of leaven when we become part of the kingdom. So while we might not think it's very much, while we might think about the mustard seed, this is not very much, or this little bit of leaven. But look what it can accomplish. Look what the mustard seed was able to do, to grow into that tree the largest plant in the garden where the birds can come and make their nests. When that little bit of leaven that can be hid in these three lumps of bread, these three pecks of meal, and can fully leaven that whole lump so that it is complete. Think about what little things can accomplish. We are blessed as Christians to be in the kingdom. Let's take that. And let's let that grow. Let's plant that little mustard seed. Let's put in that little bit of leaven. And let those things grow. Let's make sure we're doing our part to grow the kingdom with what we have been given. So what do these five parables, along with the parables of the sower and the tares among the wheat, tell us about the kingdom? The introduction to the parables here in chapter 13 is, is such a wonderful uh, beginning of these parables and how Jesus will use these to teach about the kingdom. So in these, these five, seven parables, look how much we've learned in just these simple little teachings in these verses. 
They tell us that the gospel message goes out to all kinds of people. Remember the sower, he's sowing. Some seed falls by the wayside, some falls on the rocky soil. Some falls in that good dirt where it takes root. But the gospel message goes out. All of those different types of soils heard the gospel message. They tell us that the kingdom grows from humble beginnings. With the leaven and the mustard seed, something so very small can grow up to be big, and to be complete. These parables tell us that true disciples and the disciples of the devil are growing side by side. You see that when the evil one comes and sows those tares in amongst the young wheat. You can't tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. And the slaves come and ask the master, should we cut out the tares? He goes, he says, he says, no. He says, let them grow up. Let them grow up together and there will be a harvest. And then there will be a separation. And when the dragnet, they cast the dragnet out and drag the fish up onto the beach. All kinds of fish. Then there's the separation. They tell us, these parables tell us that the kingdom grows and becomes beneficial to all others from such small beginnings. This kingdom grows and is beneficial. So beneficial that it becomes precious. Precious enough for us to give up all that we have in order to have it. These two, this man and this merchant, found these things and they realized how precious they were. They were willing to give up all that they had so that they could acquire these things. Is the, pres- is the, is the kingdom of God that precious to us that we're willing to give up all that we have for it? And these parables tell us about an impending judgment. A time when the righteous and the wicked will be separated. The end of the age. A judgment day. A judgment is coming. So the question comes down to, are you ready? Are you ready for the harvest? Are you ready for the dragnet? Which place will you be found in? Container of good fish? The barn with the wheat? Or you will be found in the fire with the tares and those fish that are thrown away? There's a harvest coming, and we need to be prepared. You need to be ready. If you're not ready, and you need more study, you need the help of this congregation, let us know. Let us know if there's something that we can do for you. If you're not a child of God, you have the ability to, be, to become a child of God, to be in the kingdom, and to share in the blessings that the kingdom provides. If there's any way that we can help you, let your request be known by coming forward as we stand and sing.